If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, hi, this isn't Captain Kirk, but, uh, I have a question. What does God need with a podcast? Well, he doesn't if he has the inglorious Trexperts. Listen to them. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a Star Trek fan and you haven't already picked up the hardcover edition of the 50-Year Mission, it's time for you to go out and get the paperback version of the 50-Year Mission, which is just out in paperback from St. Martin's Press. This is the complete oral history of Star Trek, the first 25 years, from me and Ed Gross. And if you think you know everything there is to know about Star Trek, think again. The 50-Year Mission, out in paperback now. And if you can't read, the audiobook is still available. Electric Now? What does that mean? It means that you can watch us do these wonderful podcasts and so many other things, too. Hey, uh, Darren. Yes. When I was a kid, I used to love The Electric Company. You know why? Because I knew one day Morgan Freeman would be a great actor. But <laughs> if there's one thing I love about electricity that's even better than Schoolhouse Rock and The Electric Company, it's the Electric Now channel. But also, they're turning it on and bringing the power. Yes, they are. <laughs> and we're turning you on. And no, 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 no that's a highly inappropriate. All. Okay, well, we are turning on the power here at Electric Surge, where you may have, for the last year or so, been enjoying these amazing audio podcasts like Inglorious Trexperts, The 430 Movie, Best Movies Never Made. Now you, you can watch You them. ain't seen nothing yet, no, but you now you can. <laughs> you can on Electric Now, available on Stir TV and Distro TV, which you can download from your favorite app store, and soon coming to the Electric Now app. Get to see us as you've never seen us before, <laughs> because you've only seen us in the theater of the imagination. Now we're going to be on your tablet, on your telephone, on your TV, and in your house. With <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house. So make sure to check out Electric Now, streaming now on Stir TV and Distro TV, and coming soon to the Electric Now app. Back in the 70s and 80s, before the advent of VHS, chances are if you saw a classic movie, it was on the 430 movie. With their famous theme weeks, it was a chance to see movies you'd never seen before and get reacquainted with some old classics. So now, join us for the 430 movie. Hello, and welcome to Sequels Week. Not only Sequels Week, but the new studio. I miss it's my old new. chair. It's like well, a sequel to the old studio. <laughs> that's right. It is. It's a sequel to the old. We're, 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 we're new and improved. This is an almost totally new studio. You don't know her a tenth as well as I do. Turbo Shaft 8? <laughs> uh, back that way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your unfamiliarity with the studio is threatening the mission. Tell me about it. <laughs> he, he just did. Actually. Okay, well, listen, welcome back. I know you don't care about our new studio, but uh, we do. I we're care. excited. I we care a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, so, so those of you who are watching us on the Electric Surge Network on Electric Now, uh, on uh, Distro TV and Zumo and Stir and uh, the upcoming Electric app, um, you can see we're in a different space. It's the final frontier. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a dedicated podcast studio it's the it's the John Gill Memorial Podcast yes. Studio, <laughs> <laughs> and Melicon is right, right back behind there. The, the window, and With... uh, we're delivering our message to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a better joke for Inglorious Trexperts than the four thirty movie. True, I think. but you but know, here it is. 
the overlap is big. So I think <laughs> I think we should make a sign. I think we should make a sign that says John Gill Memorial Podcast Studio. Well, you didn't even notice I put one outside. Did you really? Yes. He did. Oh, my God. That's so <laughs> awesome. That's great. I love that. Well, good. We need a little curtain, too. I'm recalling the Starfleet. Look, all ships. Mark, look behind you. There's a curtain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. That's what made me think of it. Yeah. yeah. Like now, for those of you who come to the show who know nothing about Star Trek, of course, we're referencing the Star Trek episode Patterns of Force, in which Kirk and Spock defeat the Nazis right. on... Ecos. Not to be confused with the Clone Wars episode, Patterns of the Force. No, there was no such episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, uh, this is an exciting week because, of course, we're talking about sequels. And sequels get a bad rap often as, uh, you know, the studios are basically trying to cash in on, um, on the success of a, a film that maybe didn't warrant further exploration. Sometimes they do. I, I do want to define for the purposes of today's mission... Uh, what's what a sequel versus a franchise is because I'm not sure that um, we want to do franchise like would a Bond sequel right uh, uh, for instance be qualified I don't think I so. would think the, in this instance I think a, a sequel should be the first movie made after a successful movie right or or you could argue a sequel uh, a franchise is more of a pre-planned. Uh, story storyline that the sequel subsequent films are are new installments in a larger story rather than a return to the world of the first movie right. to tell a new story. But up until the the first sequel is successful, it isn't a franchise. That's true, unless you're Marvel. Yes, but well, they, even also, they didn't know. Or Lord of the Rings. I mean, so, those are, or they, they, they were produced they were. as as. Let me see if I was right. Time. Another forty eight hours would qualify for sequel week. Yes. Whereas from Russia with Love would not because right. it was part of a pre-planned series well of... it's not as i would say it's not necessarily that in the case of from russia with love but that they are all adaptations of ian fleming novels they just happen to be movies so, that share the same <laughs> dna more american graffiti would right. apply absolutely. yes absolutely but yeah. empire strikes back would not uh i don't think that's true i don't think that's true either because although you know here's the thing until my line I know. <laughs> Don't you think Un I know that? <laughs> un until the third movie comes out, it's not. A it's movie. only a sequel. You're right. Ah, mm, ah, interesting. Mm, yeah. Good. Because because they're so they're... Superman two is a sequel. Correct. Superman three, three is a franchise. Is a franchise. Fascinating. Superman four, you get egg roll. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's very interesting. That's very interesting. Okay. I'm I'm trying to take this all in now and and make uh, and, and try to come to terms with what you've said. Okay, well, that's great. Well, let me introduce you to our panelists. We have Steve Melching. I'm back. <laughs> Mr. Darren Dockerman. Hello. And, of course, Ashley Miller. Number one isn't good enough. Just call me number two. <laughs> and I'm, uh, I'm Mark A. Altman, and uh, I'm the author of the new book, Nobody Does It Better, the oral history of the James Bond films, which apparently are not eligible for the uh, sequel week here on the show. Unless it's Although, Quantum of Solace. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Quantum of Solace would be a Bond sequel, you know. Um, so we'll see if that makes the cut. But uh, right now, on sale now, make sure you pick it up. Hefty hardcover. Also available as a digital for Kindle and uh, audiobook as well from Audible. So there you go. Um, guys, as always, we start on Monday. What do, you, what do you think of sequels in general, the idea of sequels? Do you feel it's a sort of crass commercial thing, or, or do you like enjoy sequels? 
I mean, we all grew up in an era when, I mean, there have always been movie sequels. There have always been remakes and, and those kind of things that are that are often derided. But um, we grew up in an era where we eagerly look forward to sequels or sequels were exciting, you know, mm. whether it was, you know, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi or Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Or Iron Eagle 2. Iron Eagle 2 or Superman 2 or the Star Trek. Beneath Star the Planet Trek. of the Apes. I was just yeah. going to say, yeah. since we're on the 430 movie, it's worth noting, you know, uh, you know, early uh, when we were young, Beneath the Planet of the Apes is like, Planet of the Apes is not a movie that you would necessarily think lends itself to a right. sequel. Charles Heston didn't think so either. Right. But uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, uh, maybe we'll talk about it, is a very interesting sequel in, in a lot of ways. And, uh, of course, it was at the heart of the 430 movie, Apes Week. <laughs> right, yeah. um, absolutely. And, uh, and there was, was an Apes Week before they'd finished all of those movies, in fact. That's right, that's right. Where did they find all the apes? <laughs> I uh, just lying around a up lot in trees. of monkeys. Oh, well, you know the apes. A lot of them weren't, you know, were 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 wary of the first Planet of the Apes movie. But once it became such a, such a success, they all wanted in. Right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, I saw Beneath the Planet of the Apes for the first time on the four thirty movie. That yeah. was the first time I ever saw so it. I. First time I saw Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Actually, mm-hmm. so uh, thank you four thirty movie for <laughs> all those years of enjoyment and battle. Which was not a enjoyment. It's just painful. Um, okay, Battle for the Planets. Okay, so what about you, Darren? You you a fan of sequels? If they're good, well, <laughs> if okay. they aren't, then it's just a cash grab. There's there's nothing inherently wrong with a sequel, but if that sequel takes what we loved about the original movie and builds upon it, right. and and makes it more interesting or complex or introduces mm. new characters, I'm all for it. It's like the great. great Muppet Caper. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Rat turd. What? Never That's a caper. Okay. Thank you. Ashley Miller, what about you? Where do you fall on the sequel thing? I, You know, I have a complicated relationship with that question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because here's what I'm trying to figure out. X-Men First Class. Nah, I was trying to figure that out, too. Is that franchise or is that a sequel? Because those movies were a sequel to the original movies. Is it a sequel franchise what is it? See, that's, a, re- that's a reboot. Yeah, I, prequel, I, I, reboot? It's a reboot or is it a prequel? It's a preboot. A preboot. Preboot. It's a preboot. Mm. <laughs> because it, yeah, I don't know, man. But I, I like sequels when they're when they're good. Yeah. When they're like cool. Like first class. Like first class. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, today was way better than X-Men Coach. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I, I X-Men like like, Economy Plus. X, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was extra legroom. Yeah, yeah. okay. X-Men X- 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 Business Class was a total cash grab. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and they still charge you for luggage, yeah, which right. is really yeah. annoying. Okay, so uh, sequel week begins on Monday, as it always does, with Steve Melching. What will Steve pick? What will Steve pick? Well, I'm going to go with uh, a fastball right down the middle, uh, a, a sequel that I was not expecting to ever come out to be made it mm. to me it came as a surprise mm-hmm. i didn't think you could sequelize this movie can we guess yeah blade runner 2049 no but i did quite like that movie oh, okay well, but another movie that that i thought was i think i know okay well go ahead i'm gonna let you say it. okay well it's a movie that i i saw a trailer for at i want to say the first convention i ever went to in colorado springs mm. and they showed it on like a little 27 inch tv like the kind they wheel into a classroom mm-hmm. you know, on a vhs tape and they showed it to a room full of people and i was amazed by this trailer and i don't think there was actually any dialogue in the trailer but it was so intense and made me so excited. 
And then they announced the title of the movie, and it was so simple and so brilliant. After the Thin Man. That I could not wait for this movie to come out, and I was there opening weekend. I think I know what this is. And I'm talking, of course, about a movie that you could, it has so many quotable lines, but one of them, you know, can instantly identify this movie. Game over, man! Game over! Straight down the middle. James Cameron's Aliens. Yeah, great choice. Was a... Tremendous sequel. I, I saw Alien in the theater. I was 11 years old, you know, when that came out. Our, my first R-rated movie, and I loved it. And I loved all things Alien. And I, I thought that was the end of the story. Yeah. The story was over. You and, thought it was over. Yeah. And then I saw this trailer. It was that first trailer that was like an accelerated montage to music, mm-hmm. and it was just these yeah. very evocative shots of the Marines moving through environments, da, 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 and, and yeah, and uh, it was familiar. Yet completely different. But it, it opened up that universe in a way I was not expecting. And it was one of the more satisfying movie-going experiences of my life. This was... time, it's plural. <laughs> yeah, and that's really, <laughs> the second one's called Aliens? I mean, oh my God, yeah. that's so evocative. You're like, oh my God, there's more than one. Right. And there's there's guys with machine guns fighting them. Yeah. And like, this is amazing. Doesn't Aliens do what any great sequel should be? It takes the original and puts a new spin on it, does something completely different. That's why people always say, oh, Aliens better than Aliens, or Aliens is better than Alien. They're both great. They're both great in totally different ways. Alien is a haunted house movie, Mm -hmm. and Aliens is a war movie, and they're both amazing. And I would argue, in, in large part, they're the same movie. It's the same story. The same story beats play out. They're right. just on a larger scale, and the, the stakes are bigger in James Cameron's version. You know, Instead of going after a cat at the end, she's going after a little girl. Right. Or instead of one alien, there's a bunch of aliens. Or, you know, the, the, the flow of that movie is, and the slow build, I mean, the first action scene in Aliens is at the one hour mark. It's right. an hour into that movie. Right. And everything that happens is never at the expense of what happened in the first yeah. movie. Yeah. It can, they, they can maintain within the same universe both together at the same time. And it's so great how, how much it honors the first one, yep. yet still takes it onto a different level. Yeah. And the scares all work. Even the simplest scares, like, you know, the face hugger. Right. Like hitting yeah. the window. I mean, when I was a kid, I threw my popcorn into the air, <laughs> like sitting in the theater watching that. And it's like, you know, my jump scare shouldn't work, but it right. works. And it's just because Cameron did such a great job of establishing tension. And the things that he did to make that movie for next to nothing. Oh, my God. Like, such a low just budget. Just having a couple of guys who were like dancers, like six of them, like really just running around in a circle in front of the camera mm-hmm. to get like the idea that there's a, a horde of aliens. I mean, it just. Brilliant filmmaker. I, I want to say the budget was something like seventeen million. Yeah, I don't even know if it was that. I think much. it was less than that. And you know that was nineteen eighty five, eighty six. Right. Return of the Jedi was like thirty two or thirty five <clears throat> million several years before. I mean, right. it was a very low budget. Much like all of Cameron's, uh, Terminator was a very low budget. Mm-hmm. And the the way Cameron Galen Heard and the production designer were able to squeeze so much. Out of so little by mm-hmm. shooting in the abandoned power plants yeah. and repurposing things like the the aircraft uh, tow vehicle they turned right. it into the APC or mm-hmm. you know um, um, all the other things they the, the the laser on a on a camera crane right. that just that Cameron, just that a Cameron camera paid crane. for right. himself yeah yeah I mean it's it's a it's a, a, a 
a triumph on every level. It's a really clever screenplay. It's a tremendous cast. Sigourney Weaver is nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress. I want to say maybe the first time a genre film or one of the mm-hmm. one of the only times a uh, a genre film has had a, an actor Best Actor Actress right. nomination. And it's it's Cameron at his most powerful, arguably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the you know large budgets and and you know super giant productions that he did later, this is pure filmmaking, pure living on the uh, by the skin of his teeth, and it is so effective, and it is close to a perfect setup and payoff for this movie. Yeah, and and, and let's not forget the James Horner score, which is tremendous. I mean, you know. Uh, um, the score of the original film, uh, the Jerry Goldsmith mm-hmm. score, was terrific, also. But James Horner like took it into this new space, and and uh, well, not exactly new. If right. you knew James well, Horner, right. yes, like so right. yeah. in, in terms of the he used his of the... he used his most effective tropes. Yeah, well. yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I I remember I I had bought that soundtrack on cassette tape. One mm. of the few times I bought them on cassette because I used always used to buy the LPs because I like the big artwork yeah. and and everything. And then I would make a cassette from the LP to mm-hmm. play in my car. So if my the tape got chewed up or stolen or something, I would still have the original record and I could make a new one. But we my I played that in the car on my drive out to college. My, for my freshman year, we drove from Colorado to California, and I just remember my dad did not like listening to it because, like, <laughs> all those, you know, sounds like somebody banging on anvils. Like, well, yeah, it is, but it's cool. <laughs> it's such a remarkable film. I mean, what you said is he did, uh, you know, Fox wasn't 100% sure they even wanted to do a sequel to Alien. It was successful, but it wasn't a blockbuster. And it also, you know, didn't lend itself necessarily to a sequel. But of course, James Cameron came out of the Corman School. Mm-hmm. We're going to work on things like Battle Beyond the Stars and Forbidden World. And he actually worked on alien ripoffs, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, it was such a smart thing to give a guy like this who had taken the $4 million Terminator and it made it look like, you know, a huge movie. And then um, to do that with aliens. I remember seeing it in the theater. Um, uh, I saw it at a preview at a, a press screening before. And I remember calling into some radio call and sh- show in the movies. Joanna Langfield, she had, a, she had a show in New York where she talked about movies. And I said, I just saw Aliens. It's amazing. She said, what are you talking about? How could it be? About? I said, no, no. This movie is fantastic. It's really, and, and it's really, and then we started talking about it on air. And it, I guess that was my first uh, uh, review on uh, <laughs> probably, I don't remember how old I was. But um Aliens is just a fantastic, and it's a textbook, such a great pick for Star of Sequel Week. It's a textbook on how to do sequels right. Take what you love about the original, but put a spin on it, do something new, do it bigger and, and, mm-hmm. and better, and, and, and give us some new uh, twists and turns. Like you said, he did a new genre characters. twist on it. Because how great is Michael Bean? Originally, it was James Remar until he mm-hmm. got kicked out of England. Um, and then you had, uh, you know, Michael Bean just comes in, doesn't know anybody, yeah. fantastic, just kills that role. The weekend yeah, before, yeah. and then shows up on Monday, and he's it. It's remarkable. The whole cast is is tremendous. Well, I Bill, mean, Paxton. Bill Paxton. Right. I mean, and that's a testament to the, the actors who are all terrific actors. And Cameron's writing. Cameron gets a bad rap for writing a lot, but he is a master of structure and economy. Like, mm-hmm. the way he introduces all of those characters and defines them so specifically right. and in individually. the script. And individually. So you know, he got guns. That's got his sharp sticks. That's his yeah. best script, though. Yeah, that's yeah. his best script, aliens. But you, any time a character's on screen, you know exactly who that what that character's viewpoint is, and you know it, it's 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 
And, you know, the Skotax miniature work, Mm -hmm. you know, is just so inspired. You know, and obviously there's the rear projection of the the, the dropship crashing. It's not, you know, it's not. But who cares? It doesn't matter. That's when you watch a movie and forgive the sins of bad rear projection or whatever. Because who cares? Because you're in the story. Mm -hmm. You don't need, like, this huge CGI which is just as fake to me half the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I just I, I just think it's a remarkable movie. It's a great choice. Um, and and you can almost good watch going, it cold. Steve. <laughs> now and then you know and then that franchise continued, but uh, well, know. it became a franchise. Although I will right. say yeah, that was the movie that made it a franchise. That's right. It was we, so successful. I don't know if people know, but it's not public, and I, I can't give go into more, too much detail. But Disney is under the Fox banner or whatever they're calling it now is um, actually, uh, they're not calling it Fox, I think they're calling 20th it century. 20th, 20th, 20th century. Under the 20th century, uh, they are developing a new alien movie uh, with someone we all know. Um, and uh, As a takes, romantic comedy, that which takes is place, It yeah. basically ignores Alien 3, but Alien 4, all the other, and takes place after Aliens. And um, it's it sounds amazing. So I hope they make it. Well, I, there's a lot that I like about Alien 3 or Alien Cubed, whatever yeah. the title is. It's it's David Fincher is one of our best filmmakers, and it's so atmospheric. It's just not a satisfying sequel to Aliens. It's not what I think the audience wanted from a sequel to In Aliens. and of itself, it's really good. Yeah. As an Alien sequel, that's why it would be terrible sequel week, it yeah. does not work. I think one of the problems was one of the strengths of Cameron's is that all the characters, you can't really tell who is who because they're all bald. They're all British. Mm-hmm. They're all, you know, how do, how can you tell that's the alien? Well, he hasn't got shit all over it. Well, that's Charles you know, Dash <laughs> from The Golden Child. I know yeah, who right. that is. But, you know, it's it's uh, there are different problems that a lot of them weren't solved in that. But, it again, it is a quality idea that mm-hmm. is perhaps not as... And they had such problems with developing that because it was the right. Vincent Ward oh, yeah. version yeah. on the wood right. planet. The, the wooden planet, yeah. And, and, yeah. and uh, I will say, though, um, that if uh, you haven't seen Alien 3 or you haven't re- want to revisit it, look at the version in the Charlie de Lazarica Alien Cycle set because it is the... It's not a director's cut because he, uh, Fincher still disowns it, but it's an expanded cut, right. and it's actually much better than the theatrical well, cut. Well, it's put together from... The, the, the editor, the notes, yeah. right, from, from Fincher's cut. Yeah. So it's a kind of a reconstruction of what his yeah. cut might have been. Which is always fascinating to me. I mean, because I think that, um, to, if we're digressing a little bit onto, onto Alien 3, I think the thing that really is fascinating about that movie is the alien in that movie is Ripley, right? It's like mm-hmm. she is this destructive force that comes in from the outside um, that poses a threat to this society. They do not understand her. They do not want her there. There are some who want to destroy her. Um, and she's carrying inside of her like this this awful thing. So I, I think it's just, it's fascinating because then it's from her point of view, like what it's, what it's like to be that outsider on the inside of this kind of very different world. And I think that those are the things that make it work. I think the reason why people reacted so negatively is that you start the way you start. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great point. Um, so super pick. Um, we're going to go to Darren for Tuesday. Darren, sequel week. What's Tuesday going to bring us? Tuesday. Well, Tuesday. sort of a sequel In, to uh, Monday. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Right. Yes. <laughs> Monday too. Tuesday. <laughs> Son of Monday. <laughs> Son of Kyle. I've, I've gone back and forth as to what my pick was going to be, and I, I decided that I have to pick the one that I enjoy the most. And interestingly, I enjoy this sequel a little bit more 
than the original. Mm. Um, and it's because it took the ideas of the first one, it took the structure of the first one, and spun it around into something completely different and something more refined and more uh, interesting due to the structure of the story that they put together. Um, this is, of course, The Godfather Part Two. Mm -hmm. Another great choice. Um, it is a movie that Francis Coppola did not want to do. He, uh, he, he resisted for many months until Charlie Bluthorn said, you have the, you have the, the recipe for Coca-Cola and you're not going to make any more. <laughs> um, and and uh, so finally they they convinced him probably in a monetary way I'm not sure but I have a good guess as to where that's what they made him an offer he couldn't refuse <laughs> apparently um, and uh, he uh, he wrote a script based on some of the things that were left over from the original book uh, and he included this parallel story of uh, uh, Michael Corleone in, quote, modern times in the 50s and or 60s, uh, 50s, um, and uh, Vito Corleone at the same age uh, back in the 20s. Um, and it is fascinating, this parallel structure that goes back and forth. And they did a, a long edit of the two movies together uh, for television. They called it The Godfather Saga. And they, the complete novel for television. The complete novel for television. They put all the clips from these two movies and put them in chronological order. And it doesn't work as well for me. Because part of the magic of it is seeing these two men at the same point in their lives and how different they are and yet how the same they are. Mm -hmm. And it's such, you know, it has sort of the same reaction that I get from watching Back to the Future. It's, uh, it's very fascinating to see your parents... Uh, make decisions that you have to make in your own life. So um, I just, I love it so much. And it's that one that I can watch over and over and over and over again because there is so many layers of interesting things going on. All the performances are miraculous. Uh, and I just love it so much. That so there. Kid can direct. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's okay. Yeah. He's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love The Godfather, but... And if you ask me on any given day, it might be my favorite one or Godfather 2 might be my favorite. But mm -hmm. I, I usually like Godfather 2 because seeing that film after seeing the first one, it was like a, it was a revelation. Yeah. It was – I love that structure. It's it's just terrific. And it opens up the world of the yeah. Godfather that is only hinted at in the first one. Mm -hmm. And once again, the Senate did not do their job. <laughs> but uh, but the, uh, I will say uh, – I will say that, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm kind of like with you guys. I think I'm a little more on the fence of The Godfather than Godfather 2. But it's like saying, okay, this is a, 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 a you know, 100-star movie and this is a 99-star right. movie. Right. It's like, eh, does it really, you know, I mean, God, you know. Uh, right. I mean, there's so many great scenes like when Tom Hagen, you know, goes and, and basically tells the story, you know, of, you know, what happened when you failed the king and you, you, you know, Right. Open your wrists and talking with uh, Frankie. Five with Frankie, five. Five. yeah, I mean, so so great. You know, all the stuff, uh, you know, um, in in with the the Senate hearing, mm -hmm. and of course, um, uh, you know, even with Diane Keaton, who realizes what a monster 
uh, Michael turned out to be. It's so interesting because he starts in Godfather, a man of principle, man of ethics, and you know, by by Godfather two, he's just this complete monster. And it was like, was this always in him, or did the family turn him into this, or did did you know fate take a hand? One it's... of the things about it that that really that really impresses me is the quality of the secondary characters in two, mm-hmm. that they are fully formed yeah. and have their own. Uh, uh, their own attraction to them. I mean, Frankie Pentangeli uh, is so interesting. Um, he, you know, that character was supposed to um, uh, be Clemenza. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from the too first much money. Well, he wanted too much money, and he wanted to write, ha- have his girlfriend write his own lines. And Coppola said, "No." <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it, it, when you when you look at it from that perspective that it was going to be Clemenza. Um, you can see, oh my God, what what an amazing sort of turnaround this would have been. He was their most trusted ally in the first one, and now he's he's the betrayer. But that's what happens throughout all the Godfather movies. But um, I, I forget the actor's name. Forgive me, who played Frankie. Um, but he's so good he's so in good. every scene. Even even the first one we meet him, he's drunk at the at the uh, at the Chris or the uh, uh, commencement um and he's sitting at the at the uh, dinner table and he's saying oh you know i don't have your talent for uh, big deals uh but he's and he's drunk and he's he's spouting off all this stuff and uh, you know the old man had too much wine um and it's just so good because he's he is a he is a, a vehicle for uh uh, uh sto- backstory mm-hmm. that is so um cleverly slipped in that you don't even know that you're you know uh, being given this information and everyone is sort of unleashed like gordy willis as yeah. great as the first one looks the second one i mean is is painterly i mean you yeah. have the scene you know the, the montage the troika at the end where during the assassinations i mean the great yeah. scene structurally the boat, it's exactly the same it, as it's the exactly first. the same and you know the amazing performance by john Cazale. i was passed uh, over michael right. i yeah. mean he's so great and then lee strasberg you talk about oh great supporting God. you know yeah. i didn't ask who gave the order yeah you know but uh and then you know mo green the, you know oh. it's just uh, you know uh just it's just uh, man it, it's so great and, um and my god the production design the recreation of new york city yes. in the 20s right. or you know was it uh uh gosh uh where were they uh, uh later um the late Italy. well like in vegas yeah like uh, in vegas in uh, lake uh, whatever it was all the stuff in Vegas is fantastic. Yeah. The compound in Vegas mm-hmm. and just this this elegy for like you get a sense of the times changing and you know um Yeah, you were thinking of Lake Tahoe. Yeah, Lake Tahoe, yeah, yeah Lake Tahoe, right. Yeah, yeah. Um and but you know the 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 they were shooting in I guess the Dominican Republic for Cuba. Um mm-hmm. and just the feel of that, the you know, the pre-revolution mm-hmm. uh Cuba, um it looks so hot and sticky mm-hmm. and and um vile you know this this was going to be the hub of all uh, <laughs> corruption. Uh, corruption in in the world you know because they had a, a friendly government to deal with and it was sort of the the big plans of of the uh, of the mobsters uh completely foiled by the uh, by the revolution and later the arrival of the x-men <laughs> well, <laughs> I knew it was you, Fredo. <laughs> um, but uh, it's you know we could we could do an entire yeah, podcast we, on just this movie, but it's it's great. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I will say uh, that, uh, you know, obviously I don't think any of us really love Godfather 3 in nearly the same way. But apparently this talk that Coppola is going to go back and do what he did with Cotton Club to Godfather 3, which I'm very interested in mm. seeing. Because, of course, that also, much like Star Trek The Motion Picture, suffered under a horrible post-production window mm. where they had a Christmas release date. Interesting. Same studio. And Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, 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 they, and they had to rush it into theaters, and he didn't really have the time. Right. You know, I mean, nothing's going to rectify the terrible casting of Sofia Coppola. But, well, um, you know. But still, there's there's so much wrong with that movie that I think in editing can be fixed. And there's so much right with that movie, too. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's very easy to dismiss that as just a misfire. And I'm looking forward to the digital Tom Hagen. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, again, that was, you know, the, the fact that, that, that Duvall wanted more money and they ended up recasting him with George... Uh, uh, with um, Dracula yeah. from, uh, from from uh, yes. from Love and First Bite. Uh, what, what's his name? Uh, George Hamilton. George Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he's not terrible. He's not terrible. But you want Tom Hagen. But you want he's Tom not Hagen. Terrible. He's it's not like terrible. Horrible and terrible. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I kept thinking of him from Love and First Bite. You know, it's like you know, I was like, hello, Redfield. Uh, <laughs> okay, great choice. Mm. That brings us to uh, Ashley Miller. Right then. Um, this is a tough week. This is, this is Wednesday. It's a tough week. A lot, a lot of great, great choices. There are so many great choices. Do they have to be great sequels? Do they have to be sequels that are better than the original, or no, they don't can have they to just be. be sequels? Just sequels. But so, and, as we always do, these are things that we enjoy and we want to share. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go meta. Hmm. Just a little bit. My way of going outside the box this week on a sequel pick is to pick a sequel to a movie I picked. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. I, okay. I, I kind of follow. Right. Um, so it's my my sequel pick sequel. Sequel <laughs> pick sequel sequel picking. Cloak and Dagger didn't have a sequel. <laughs> but it should have. It should have, <laughs> goddammit. Uh, no, my pick is actually uh, my favorite of the, uh, the, the two Tim Burton Batman movies. <sighs> Batman Returns. Oh, really? Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, look, Batman Returns was uh, was not a movie that was necessarily supposed to happen. It wasn't something that Tim Burton wanted to make. Um, Warner Brothers came to him. They threw a lot of money at him. They had like an insane, like a in heroin addict. Way. They came to him. They came to him <laughs> exactly because how do you make you know a sequel to what is you know arguably was arguably at the time one of the most financial financially successful movies Absolutely. ever made. Not arguably, ever it was. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it made, like, in 10 days, like, uh, something insane for that time, like like $250 million or something. Like that. It, was, it, was, it was crazy. What it was people big. Ex- it, was it was big. It was huge. Um, and Tim Burton finally said, okay, and he came back, and he made them a Batman movie, but he also made them a Tim Burton movie. Uh, I think mostly he made them a Tim Burton mostly movie. Mostly he made them a Tim Burton movie. Um I love Batman Returns. Uh, it is, it's dark, it's gothic, it's weird, uh, it's funny, it's it's actually incredibly emotional. Um, the uh, the the third act is certainly better than the third act of uh, of Batman '89. Um, his relationship with Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, who nearly inspired her own spinoff, and I don't know if a spinoff counts as a sequel. 
or franchise. No, it's a spinoff. It counts as a spinoff. It counts as a spinoff. <laughs> spinoff week is going to be a different week. That's what we have this for, is the spinoff week. What are these things called, by the way? They're these called Lazy Susans, Susans, right? Lazy yeah. Susans. Right. Uh, Susans is, too damn lazy to get right. up and I was going to say, is that politically it. incorrect now? I, like, I think it, it is. It's a Susan. It's but you can have a boy Susan. named Susan. Yeah. No, but just a Susan would be considered lazy. I would just Although call what's it not politically table. correct is like the boy is named Sue so that you grow up and you become tough, right? Because then it's implied. Like run around Sue. That's right. But, Keep away from her. Right. Anyway, uh, so Just Batman Returns. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny because it was it was uh, it was there was this huge backlash against it because of how dark it was. Um, it was you know it wasn't the family film that that people expected. Uh, you know it was uh, really dark with giant was, rubber ducks. It really it was really <laughs> dark with giant rubber ducks. But, but it's not really dark. It's not. That's the thing that's crazy about that backlash, right? Yeah. It's just it just wasn't what people expected it to be. It's not mm. dark. They're confusing dark with weird. Yeah. It's it's, it's weird. weird. It's weird. And it's gothic. Well, it's and a little it's, weird. I mean, the yeah. whole penguin stuff at the end when he's dying and they're floating him downstream yeah. right? and everything. That's pretty it's, it's dark. It's very it's dark. messed up. You know, and he's like vomiting up like that green black bile <laughs> and it's yeah. just it's crazy pants. Um <laughs> but it's uh, it's funny that that gave us Batman forever. Yeah. No, it's not funny because the movie, I think uh, a lot of people don't like that movie, including me. And so I think there was a decision you can't go any darker with this franchise. And you know, they bring in Schumacher and then he goes, you know, with Batman forever, you know, sort of goes much you know lighter trying to sort of rectify that. But then he go he learns the all the wrong lessons from that movie. And he goes completely off right. the rails for. Yeah, he makes the awful Batman Forever, and then somehow doubles down and makes the like you can't even watch it, Batman and Robin. I can watch Batman and Robin more than I can watch Batman Forever because Batman and Robin is so bad that it's yeah. funny. Once right. you like, it's go almost like of a Batman and yeah, exactly. It's almost like an Adam West Burt Ward movie with a huge budget. Well, that's the ridiculous. thing. All along, even Tim Burton, all of them were making riffs on the TV show and they didn't mm. tell anybody. Right. Because that's all that their re their relationship to Batman was. Right. None of them were Batman fans of the comic. None yeah, of them. Exactly. So, you know, the, the trappings of, the trappings that ostensibly were the Dark Knight were not. It was just the look of it that was dark. And everything else is just a riff on the, on the campy Batman. Well, I never forget Joel Schumacher said when back in the days when I was doing stuff like yours, he said they don't call them co tragic books; they call them comic books. I mean, it's like, what the what? hell is that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that. So you base your whole. Then why are you making tragic books? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so why are you making a Batman movie? Yeah. Exactly. But I will say, his mother and father were killed when he was a kid in front of him. It just doesn't get less campy than that. Uh, but I, I I disagree to a certain extent um, that. What is different about Batman Returns, I think even from Batman 89, which obviously had a huge influence from Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight Returns, is that there is honestly a character story in the heart of that. There's a real relationship between Batman and Catwoman that actually pays off, um, that actually has real emotions to it, uh, that there is, you know, this moment of connection that exists between them that, like, is carried through the rest of the film and kind of gives the end of that film its power. There's a reason why we responded to Catwoman the way that we did. Well, and it because wasn't... it was Michelle Pfeiffer looking being... luminous in black <laughs> spandex. Looking luminous, but also being great. Yes, she was great. great. Yeah. 
That's the only thing I like about it. And let's not forget also the secret weapon of Christopher Walken. Who could forget? Right. Max Shrek. Right. <laughs> Darren. No. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not not playing, I'm not playing that game. I hate that movie. This is for Chip. <laughs> horrible. Look, I would agree if the story were Batman and Catwoman, if that was the movie. It's not. It's the beginning it's of the an, kitchen sink. It's an addition to something that Tim Burton found way more interesting, the freakish penguin show. <laughs> yes. That's the problem. Definitely because, found that interesting, but I don't think that that's the main thrust of the film. Like, no, but that's the main thrust of his film. That's the main tr- thrust of his film because that's the main thrust of all of his films. And, and it said that the play, try and understand the freak. For right. all but these all movies freaks. where it was yeah, multiple villains, it was like right. you had the Catwoman, you had the Penguin, you had Max Shrek. Right. I mean, it's like who needs focus on one? And that's and, why I say that they're they're riffing off the TV show because the TV show was all about the villains. Multiple villains. Right. Yeah. Because it wasn't about Batman. It was about who's the villain this week. And that's the way they made all the movies. And that's why they don't work. Because none of them are about Batman. Mm, they just work on their own terms. The, but, the films but that's are arguably, the film. arguably, they don't work. I mean, for a lot of people. I mean, I know. For some people. Huge, huge popularity. Okay. People like a lot of things. Yes, they do. <laughs> um, and that doesn't make them good. <laughs> no, being good is what makes them good. I, I you well, know, it's funny. I was just going to say, even with Dark Knight, I have the same problem, which I, it's a much better movie, obviously. I love the Joker story. Love it. Right. Fantastic. The last 40 minutes with uh, Two-Face, it was like a hat on a hat. I didn't need it. I, I mm-hmm. People forget, like, when they say, oh, one of the greatest movies, one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. No. No, it's, it's extremely not. badly paced. Well, this is a fight for later today. Yeah, I, I like I like that movie a lot. I like the, the pathos and the tragedy of the Harvey Dent story. So I, I, I disagree with that. But Batman Returns, the... You cannot argue the quality of the production of that movie, the scale of the production. I mean, the 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 way they redress the Warner Brothers backlot street to be Gotham City. Sure. Some of that, some of that art decoration. Mm-hmm. No, Welch and Bo Welch remained for years. You could you could see like the 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 some of the logos on the buildings for years afterwards. And I had a couple of friends that were puppeteers that worked operated the Penguins in the giant refrigerated sets. So they could have real ice and snow, and, and you, and, see the so you, breath, you loved all breath. that. Yeah, it yeah. was beautiful. See, it was for me, designed. Blade Runner, the redesign of the Warner Bros. backlot worked phenomenally well. Well, I, for this, I, I, I mean, I, I, I well, I mean, some a lot of stuff was sets, like the 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 city square mm-hmm. that was a set, soundstage, right. or or the Penguin's Lair. I mean, these are massive sets that they built in this. And I love just the, the Chris Nolan approach, which is even he got away from it after Batman Begins. We said, oh, I'm going to use real cities because yeah, right. Batman is real and grounded, as opposed to this whole super stylized. Uh, approach to Batman, right. which Batman was the most grounded, most realistic of all the superheroes in a sense, other than Disco Dazzler. But um, you know, and and I feel like even in Batman Begins, there's sort of this this residue from the Burton where he has that sort of stylized Monumental architecture. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he realizes, well, no, that's a mistake, and I think yeah. that's part of why you know Dark Knight works so well. But well, good anyway. lord, by the the Schumacher movies, I mean the oh, scale God. of the Gotham City and is just outrageous. <laughs> These right. massive statues and crazy buildings. Yeah. You're like jumping a motorcycle off the top of a statue, and I'm not sure how you got there. Yeah, yeah. And car chase car chases up the sides of buildings and stuff. <laughs> Because, because tragic book. 
Tragic, yeah, tragic, tragic book. Tragic books. Yeah. Okay. Book. Well, look, I you, you know you're a huge fan of the Burton Batman films. We we've heard that on, on occasions, and um, that's you know that's great. Um, Tune in for our uh, future episode. Uh, what, what about Batman? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, look, I think um, no, I mean that's a, it's, it's a, a valid a, choice. It's an absolutely valid choice, super valid. And I love the fact that you sequelized a pick from a previous episode because, of course. Was it 1989, it was 1989 week, week where you picked uh, Batman? So it's great that you would come back and and, and sequelize it, which is why we're not going to. Now you have a franchise two. of picks. My sequel <laughs> pick is Return of the Jedi for my pick of The Empire Strikes well, Back. I thought you were going to pick uh, Breakfast at <laughs> Tiffany's through a weird logic, you know, it's like Lunch at <laughs> Tiffany's. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that comes your turn. We come to Thursday, yeah, yeah, yeah. So pressure's on. The pressure is on. Uh, well, I was going to do Batman Forever. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, really, really tough choice. Really tough choice. Um, I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go with an out of the box pick. I was really, really, really close to going with Bride of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. um, which, which I think is great, and it's better than the original, and it's, it's what we said about Aliens right. that it's so. It's a different um, genre. It's a different yeah. genre. It's a different movie. It takes what's good about the first one and then adds all this other cool stuff to it. But that's not your pick. But that's not my pick. I'll tell you my pick. My pick is um, Before Sunset, oh. the Richard Linkletter uh, mm. film from the Before trilogy. Um, it's interesting. I have mixed feelings about it. I love the movie and I love the trilogy. And I, it only gets better, that trilogy. But I do, it has this, this, this song. Uh, I'm just going to give it a little, little aside. You, remember, you guys know Harry Chapin. He sang the song sure. Taxi. And in Taxi, he's like driving a taxi. He's down on his luck. And he meets this woman that he, uh, uh, I guess, went to school with. And she's really successful. And she sort of like is sort of down on him. And they don't reconnect because he's sort of like, you know, she sort of like dismisses him because he's just a taxi driver. So then he does a song years later called Sequel, where he's a big, successful musician. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, she's sort of, on the rocks and f- screwed up and it was like I always hated that because it was like ah you know it was like well now I'm big success clearly it was autobiographical and like I became successful and she, she she's a loser now and it was just like and what, if there's one thing about Before Sunset that uh, uh, you know it's kind of like oh Ethan Hawke has now written a book about their night together and is now super successful <laughs> you know and it's like you, you, you know when they first met on the train in, in, in Before Sunrise, it was like sort of they were sort of even keel and they're starting and they're always. It's so interesting because it's sort of the fictional 28 up, the yeah. way that they continue to revisit these every what, eight, 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, you know, Ethan Hawke and, and, and uh, Julie, Delpy. Julie Delpy, directed by Richard Linklater. And I think that that first movie is wonderful. It really captures that sense of um, being in Europe, you know, and just like talking to people and, and meeting interesting people. And, and that time in your life where, you know, you're just more, like, open to new experiences. You're trying to find out who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, so I was really connected with that movie. And it was very redolent. I think, you know, we talked about when we went to Sidious of, like, mm-hmm. times traveling in Europe and, and meeting interesting people and really connecting them. And then never seeing them again. Yeah. You know, or, you know, saying, oh, we'll stay in touch if you ever come to the U.S. or whatever. But uh, then Before Sunset is really interesting because, of course, they reconnect and he sort of... And as a writer, the idea of mining this relationship for for a novel is very interesting, mm-hmm. you know. Just um, and then it's just they walk through town for two hours and talk. Is that in Paris? Uh, in Paris, yeah, yeah. You know, because he's there for a book signing. For a book signing, like yeah, he's he's here at a book signing, which he basically has just 
you know, sort of thinly veiled version of their relationship together, uh, their, their, their thing. And, uh, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful, simple movie that's beautifully shot and, and beautifully written. I actually like Before Sunrise more, but to me, Before Sunset's the sequel because it's kind of like Before Sunrise was kind of like this sort of perfect little film. It's like the ships in the night thing. Yeah. And, and years the, later, they, the ships pass again. And it's amazing that he could pull that they they as a mm-hmm. team because I guess they brought a lot to the table too in terms of the story and where they were in their lives uh, that they could pull it off again. Mm-hmm. It's really remarkable. And you then know? a third time. And then yeah, and the third time, which I think is arguably the best of the three, it's the most mature work. Um, is what, but that actually makes it a franchise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a super huge franchise. Yeah. It's been just a blockbuster. <laughs> but I, I, you know, and in, in fact, if people aren't familiar with these films, uh, Criterion put out a remarkable set of uh, the three films with a ton of bonus features. Oh, I didn't it's know really, that. Really, really good. It has all three movies. The and deleted scenes. Before the the transfers were terrible, mm-hmm. and the, the Criterion versions are very good. Um, and uh, they have all three movies and, and, and a whole bunch of bonus content. And I'm just a, just a huge fan of those movies. But, uh, yeah, so my, my pick for Thursday is, uh, is Before Sunset because it's a, a palate cleanser from Wednesday. You know, cleanser from Ashley's selection. Well, you know, I mean, no, because, you know, maybe, maybe you don't watch it on Wednesday. Maybe you're, you're busy doing something else. Maybe you're. Maybe, passing in the night or maybe something. maybe <laughs> maybe you like ships but anyway so, 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 so yeah that's that's my pick so many so many choices so hard oh to God. make choices it is i mean i'm i'm shocked i really thought if i could have predicted <laughs> what you were going to say i thought it was going to be indiana jones and temple of doom uh, it's on my list i thought about it that's and i i really like temple of doom uh, uh it's my second favorite of the indiana jones movies yeah but it's a kind of a distant second because Raiders of the Lost Ark is just so fantastic. I, 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 I love Temple of Doom. There's a lot. I think there's a lot to love about. It. There's some. We're pretty things that you cringe on about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. None of us are really Last Crusade fans. Yeah. No. And we all love Temple of Doom. Yep. Yeah. But Raiders is yeah. Oh, yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. And then Doom is you know. Well. And I thought you were going to pick Star Trek too. No. <laughs> I'm. I'm tired of talking about Star Trek. So am I. <laughs> and. <laughs> And if I'm, <laughs> if I'm forced to on our on our sister podcast, then I will. But <laughs> I don't want to bring it up in other houses. <laughs> I, I kind of feel the same way. It's like how many things, you know? I love Star Trek too, but how much are we going to talk about it? Yeah. I don't know when do we get to stop um, talking. About I was very close to picking Beneath the Planet of the Apes, actually, because mm. yes. um, I love that. And and yeah. again, as we said at the beginning. It's very closely related to the 430 movie for us because it's where we first saw these. That's such a great pick. And it also is a great example of just going gonzo. Yeah. It's like, we don't know how you do a we sequel. We have no play. idea how to do this. So we're just going to make this weird 70s movie. And and Charlton Heston says he's never going to do another one of these again. <laughs> he worked for one day on the movie. Or maybe it was a no, week. No, it was a week. It, it was, was a week. week. Right. Yeah, but he said, that's it? Yeah. That's all I'm giving you? I'm not doing another damn thing. <laughs> and he comes um, at the beginning, disappears, and yeah. comes back at the end. And then Great. he destroys the world. <laughs> so make make a sequel to this one, you bastard. Well, that was one of the reasons he said, he <laughs> said but you get to destroy the world, right. you get that, that bridge on the river Kwai moment. Yeah. And it was like, oh, well, good. There's no way yeah. they're doing another sequel after this. And it's probably one of the most imaginative you know, escape being one of the most imaginative um, 
Well, lose. yeah. The fact that they figured out a way right. to continue the, the franchise. The movie that made it a franchise. Yeah, yeah. But it, I, I Beneath but is Beneath a great Beneath is so pick. interesting because it takes the world and it turns it upside down literally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, you get to meet the... Uh, the the strange uh, mutants in the in the uh, uh, forbidden zone and they worship an atomic bomb. It's amazing. I went to an anniversary screening of Planet of the Apes and uh, in typical Altman fashion, putting my foot in my mouth. So we're walking out of Planet of the Apes and I say, oh man, you know, despite how much I despise Charlton Heston politically, he's so great in this movie. He's so great. I'm such a fan of his. He's so much better than James Franciscus and the person standing behind me says, you know, I'm his son. I, I thought he was pretty good in Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Oh, no. <laughs> and then you turned to him and said, have you seen the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Nova. It's a planet of apes. Yeah. I mean, it's just so bizarre, the music. And, of course, there are a bunch of people that we've seen in those that movies of that era, Star Trek episodes, sure. different things. And um, it's just... It's great telepathic mutants. Yeah. I mean, that's the last thing in the world you would have thought you'd see in a yeah, sequel telepathic to telepathic mutants led by King Tut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Um, are you guys fans of Beneath the Planets? I'm not not a fan. I mean, I like it. Yeah. I've seen it. A, this... I've seen it maybe three or four times over the years. Was... It's been a while. I like it. I, I liked watching it. those movies when I was six. Mm -hmm. So what yeah. I know. So I loved all of them. Like yeah. you know, equally. I like James Gregory as, as Ursus. Oh, he's great. He's great. You know, and I love the, the stratification of, you know, the different, uh, you know, so social, you know, stratas with uh, the oh, gorillas and the chimpanzees. It's, it's, I mean, obviously that was in the first movie, too, but it's great. And, it, you know, it's it's doing a Gene Roddenberry by telling a story about humans using other people. Yeah. You know, and and deflecting the uh, negative reaction you might have if this were a, a race story. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, hell of a pick. It's a, it's a lot of fun, and I loved it. Would Mission Impossible Rogue Nation qualify, or are we in franchise territory? No, that's franchise okay. territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You say Terminator 2, yep. we haven't talked about. I think that would sure. uh, certainly yeah. qualify. You could. James I, I, Cameron. I know it doesn't have to be better. I prefer Terminator, actually. Yeah, I, mean, I do, too. Yeah. But, yeah. but he's legitimate, totally. The, um, the Rocky 2 absolutely. is actually a really good yeah. sequel. Yeah, it really and the good. subsequent ones, too, but we're in franchise territory. Yeah. Right. But yeah. then Rocky Balboa, which is I, maybe a sequel to the franchise... Uh, Creed, right. Creed, Creed yeah. are both fantastic. A Toy Story two, Toy Story two, right. absolutely, that's a great, great sequel, absolutely, yeah. really great. And you know, you figure how are they going to do a sequel to Toy Story or make it better? And right. Toy Story two, I think, is arguably a better movie than Toy Story one. Agreed, agreed. Um, Gremlins two, the new in, in a lot I love of ways, better that. than the first one. I think one. it's better than the first yeah. one. That's a wacky movie. Yeah. They certainly had more fun doing it than they did the first yeah. one. Yeah, I love that movie. Finding Dory. I, but that's another example of like doing something completely different. They're not just going to tell another story, you know, of, of of a gremlin, you know, getting fed after midnight mm -hmm. and do the same kind of thing. And you know, Steve didn't get stuck in the chimney or well, anything. Here's but, Die uh, Hard meets Bachelor Party with gremlins. It was so here's, bizarre. Here's another one that with social commentary and, yeah. and satire. I mean, this... and Rob Ricardo. Yeah. Here's another one that. I'm not necessarily a fan of this franchise, but I know others are. The Road Warrior. Yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. My oh, my list. God. Road yeah. Warrior, Fury Road. Fury yeah. Road was on my list, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Fury Road, Road is, is, is franchise. Oh, yeah, so yeah. it would be Road Warrior. Yeah. Road yeah. Road yeah. Warrior. But is there's, the Fury there's Road so is much a... distance, though. Yeah. I would argue it's, a again, it's a sequel to a mm. franchise. Color Money, which was a oh, yeah, sequel right. to oh, Hustler. Yeah. That's great. I love Color Money. I love Color of Money, too. And that's the same kind of thing. No, just called Color of Money. 
Yeah, color, 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 yeah Martin Scorsese. Guy. This is Martin Scorsese after the failure of New York, New York. Right. He comes back, and I think, you know, After Hours and Color Money right. and just doing amazing work. Color Money is just great. And there's so much energy to it. And Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. Tom arguably Cruise never been better. Yeah. Paul Newman's amazing. Yeah. It's a mo- another movie that people don't talk about much, but um, boy, at the time, it really resonated with people. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know... Uh, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Oh, she's beautiful, she's man. Great. Isn't she luminous? Um, <laughs> uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, that was a pick mm-hmm. for my son, and I think it's still totally legitimate. Mm-hmm. Great. I, so much better than the first one. It's a, it's a different genre. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a conspiracy thriller. It's a yeah. 70s conspiracy thriller. I don't thriller. think it's better. I oh, think it's equally really? as good. Yeah. Oh, I think it's better. No, there, there are... You know, as the kids say, a lot of feels in the first one that I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. you're that way. I, I am. I get it. I, I get why you feel that way. I am unabashedly. I, I that like way. the second one better. That's but fine. Just, that scene in the elevator to me is one of the great oh, action oh, scenes. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's one. Here's one that Darren worked on that I like. I really like. I've the worked first... on so many. <laughs> just chronicles. It's uh, real it's steel. The first half of it, I think, is terrific, and then hmm. it kind of goes off the rails. Tron Legacy. Oh, uh, interesting. I really like the first half of that movie, and the design is impeccable, and the score terrific. Mm, yep. You know, punk, I think there's yeah. a lot to like about that movie. Yeah. Uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, I think, yeah. is better yeah. than Cloverfield. So another movie that goes a totally different direction right. than you would think. Um, you know, and and uh, it's a nice little pressure cooker of a of a movie, John unexpected Goodman. twist. John Goodman's, John Goodman's great. Yeah. greatness. So is it was it Mary Winstead or mm. I think? Uh, no, maybe not. No, it's um. It, oh gosh, what's her name? Oh, yeah. she's terrific. Um, anyway, she's great. Yeah. she was in Fargo. That's oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, right. uh, Look it up. Yeah, Halloween, Halloween three, season of which three. Yeah, okay, franchise. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, here's one you mentioned earlier, and I don't know how this would count, but I encourage everyone to watch them. The Up series. I mean, oh, it's a yeah, series. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh. you know, it's this documentary series from England uh, that Michael Apted worked on the first one, but then directed all the subsequent ones where they interview the same group of children or people uh, from Great Britain across a spectrum of, of, of classes and, and re-interview them every seven years to see how their lives have changed. Did you see the new one? No, I'm dying. 63 up. Yeah, 60, yeah. 63 years old now. We've been it. following these kids since they were yeah. seven. Such a great, it's remarkable, great uh, series, and I haven't seen the new one either. Just shows how you know you used to indie the indie film scene. You know, it's like that's the kind of thing you and I would run out like opening weekend to see, and now it's like oh, it'll be on Netflix soon. So, um, Silence of the Lambs. I thought about yeah. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Kind of a sequel. It's a it's sequel kind of a reboot. series, yeah. though, because. Based on a novel that was a follow-up novel. Yeah, the Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs. I would argue more reboot. I think it's easier to argue, this is going to sound odd, but it is easier to argue that Ratner's Red Dragon mm. is a sequel, is sequel to Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. and Silence of the Lambs is the sequel to Manhunter, Manhunter mm-hmm. even though Silence of the Lambs is actually the sequel to Manhunter, <laughs> right. which was always I would agree. Red Dragon. Um, yeah. After the Thin Man, I love the Thin Man series. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Stewart, one of his earliest performances. I think it's a great little, um, and they're all the same. The Thin Man movies, so it's right. like, and, and it's probably one of the better ones. Um, Die Hard Two. Um, Die Hard. You know, I don't hate that movie yeah. the way other people hate that movie. I think it's the second best Die Hard movie. Yeah, oh, really? <laughs> well, yeah, it's my I like Temple of big Doom. Big chunks of the third one a lot better than the second. <laughs> oh, one. see, I don't like the third one. Big, big chunks. chunks. Big chunks. Big chunks. <laughs> I would use the word big chunks to describe it oh, as well. Oh, my. Uh, Clear and uh, present danger? Yeah, I was okay. thinking that too. 
But I, did that fall into our franchise and the books and the or whole thing? Or it turns into a franchise at that point. Is Clear and Present Danger the sequel to Hunt for Red October, or is Patriot Games the sequel to Clear, for, Clear and Present yes. Danger? Right. And would Days, Days of Future Past be a sequel, sequel to, to First Class? First class? <laughs> in which case, I would put up Days of Future Past. Um, but I wouldn't say Dark Phoenix, which is a franchise. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody's putting up Dark Phoenix. <laughs> what um, about something like Logan? Mm. I don't. But I don't. Logan? Know. That's kind that's of a, a reimagination or a spinoff, or I, I don't know. I think it's, that's a. It's a solo spinoff. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a. I love Logan. I, it's I, it's I, an X Men story. Yeah. Deadpool <laughs> too. It's how can oh, we cast Deadpool old too. actors and. Well, I would say, I mean, there's so many more. I mean, the Psycho two Jakes. 2, Two Jakes, right. terrible sequel Awful. to Chinatown. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, look, the I would, I, would, I would vote for Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Well, it's funny. I would vote for Bright Frankenstein. Exorcist 3. Or, though, I think Exorcist 3. we haven't even it. touched on the uh, the Ten-Ton Gorilla. It's not Son of Kong. Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Right. Uh, why we haven't mentioned Empire It really should be Empire Strikes Back. It probably should be. It should be, but we've talked about that so much on other shows. But we've never, but we never picked, picked it. it. Yeah, it's Actually, never been did. picked. No, Temporarily, I traveled he, back in time and changed my it. pick. Yeah, so it, 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 it was officially it. never a pick because it was a race from the history books. But the thing, even in Star Wars week, we didn't pick it. Right. Yeah. So it's like, this is a movie we all love that's one of the great sequels along with Godfather 2. Yeah. It seems like that's a Friday pick to me, man. And it's a great palate cleanser for Before Sunrise. <laughs> Oh, I love this guy. <laughs> you know what? This is like I play. You know, this reminds Ashley me. Miller strikes back. I, this reminds me of I was playing Sorry with the, the family this weekend, and you know, God, you know, at one point my son came after me because I, I said, I said, you don't even know how to play the game right. You're not like, why are you bonking me when you should be bonking your mother? Because she's like closer to 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 the the home zone with the with the uh, with the piece, and 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 I said from now. On, I'm only gonna when I get sorry. I'm only gonna take you off the board. Ooh. I don't care. And it's like, and, and fighting words. I, I he he ended up winning. <laughs> I didn't win. I can't last. Me that's my, because that's the dark because side. Hate, embracing because embracing the dark hate side. Hate never gets you anywhere. That's right. That's it's right. only love, and that's uh -huh. why I never win. It sorry because you know, says so the sweet game of revenge. I'm always about the revenge, and if <laughs> I was about the, the love and the sweetness, I would probably win. But instead, I have to go for the revenge. And instead, I knock his <laughs> Batman returns. Where's it get dark me? Side of the Where's horse, it right? get me? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm fine with Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. I mean. There's not much more that can be said about the movie. And it, for it crying really out loud, Steve's wearing the shirt. Wearing the yeah. logo shirt, so, logo treatment. So many great sequels. We're going to get on social media, no doubt, a ton of people saying yeah. stuff Disney. we missed. Yeah. I think we should do a sequel to Sequels Week. Well, yeah. yeah. That's Franchise, franchise Week. Franchise Oh, Franchise, oh, franchise week. week. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The movies that made the franchise. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, like the great Mumpa Caper. Sure. Okay. Well, listen, this has been Sequels Week, and it's been great. Monday. Monday was, what was it? Uh, aliens. James Cameron's Aliens. Tuesday. The Godfather Part Two. Wednesday. Breakfast at Tiffany's. No. <laughs> Batman Returns. Wednesday, it's before sunset. And Friday, it's the Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. Back. Episode five, I guess. No. Or not. Empire Just the Empire Strikes Back. Back. Well, at that point it was episode five. Yeah, yeah. yeah so anyway. But uh before anyway, we had the sense to number them. That's a that's a really fantastic uh that's a fantastic week. It's anyway you anyway you cut it. That's 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 fantastic. And um you know, before we finish, uh, I wanna just ask uh uh Bill Ritter, our fantastic sound engineer, um what would your pick be for sequel week? 
How about uh, Peter Sellers, A Shot in the Dark? Oh, oh can't go wrong with any of those Pink Panther movies. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah that's a really them, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, then it, <laughs> then it becomes a franchise. Yeah. So, but that's that's great. And I used to love just watching them for the opening credits with the Pink Panther. That see that that would have programmed a whole four thirty movie week of Pink Panther movies. Of Inspector right? Clouseau. Yeah, Clouseau. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, and Natalie, our producer, what what's your pick for sequel week? Uh, I would have to do Temple of Doom. Yeah, yeah, there we go. We got it in there. Right. Thank you very much. And thank you, our audience, for joining us for the 430 movie. If you're a fan of this podcast and you want to be able to read with your new glasses, you want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts like Inglorious Trexperts, the only podcast for Star Trek fans with a life. Every Saturday, we've had some great episodes, and we will again. That's the beauty of it. And The Rebel and the Rogue of Star Wars Podcast every Tuesday. And of course, one of my favorites, Best Movies Never Made, every other Monday. And those guys are on fire. And check out uh, Sonic and the Hedgehog, written by movies, uh, Best Movies Never Made uh, host uh, Josh Miller. Uh, our host is his first movie, uh, um, Sonic the Hedgehog, comes out this month, and uh, we hope you'll check it out uh, because Josh is a great guy and wanted to hope his movie makes a lot of money. And speaking of making money, I got a new book out. It's called Nobody Does It Better, Oral History of James Bond. Get it wherever you buy books. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And you can now watch the 430 movie on Electric Now. This is an app that's downloadable on Stir, Distro TV, and Zumo TV, and it's coming soon to the Electric Now app. So check us out on TV. Woo! I've watched yes. it on my Roku box. Yeah, right? It's cool, right? Yeah. You like watching us? Yeah. Well, I haven't actually seen our show. I've seen other shows. Like Best Movies Never Made? Yes. And remember, yeah. when you're on these apps, search for the Electric Now channel. Right, Electric mm. Now channel. You want to look for the Electric Now Now, it will be available Not on demand, leader. but for now, you for can now, just watch For now, you, you watch the stream. You watch the stream, and it's, it's, it's delightful and entertaining. Even if you've already listened to the episode, you've seen nothing yet until you've watched <laughs> us on Electric Now. <laughs> And again, a very special thanks to Bill Ritter and Natalie Miscali and, of course, Dean Devlin, without whom the show would not be possible. So until next week, Eyewitness News starts now. This episode is brought to you by Central Services. We do the work, you do the pleasure. Central Services. You're listening to the Electric Surge Network.